0: hey welcome to the trading success podcast if you're loving the podcast would love to help you start scale or automate your tradie business we help everyone from startup all the way up to one million dollar plus months and would love to be able to help you too so click the link in the show notes if you're interested In getting some support and joining an epic community of legends in the academy we'd also appreciate if you're loving the podcast to leave a review it helps us reach more people and help more tradies like you run successful businesses all right let's get into it welcome everyone to the tradie business panel podcast Uh, today i am joined by greg crow and alice boyd welcome guys thanks for having us top to be here sweet um i got a little topic i would love to discuss with the both of you because i know you've had such a a vast experience with these sorts of things um it's all going to be around entourage and i'm calling it surrounding yourself with good operators i'm a truly like passionate believer around the people that you select to do business with with your business become an extension of your business so if you do um work with a particular operator that's really good, that, that enhances your business. If you do work with a particular operator that's not so good, that diminishes your impact in business, but it also can lead to like, you know, tarnished reputation. Should that person go bad and things like that? Uh, guys, what do you think? Good topic? Bad topic? When you pitched this topic
1: about an hour ago, I was just frothing. Just thinking frothed. this is... Such a good topic to talk about because you really are. You can have a star player, but that star player is really only as good as his team. And it's such important stuff in business happens in and around who you refer, who refers you, um, who you use. Do they answer their phone? Do you get along with them? Do people like them? Like so much stuff happens sort of off the ball, you might say. So, yeah, when I heard the session and I heard the a couple of things i to be talking about. I'm like, this this is going to be great. I'm really excited about this. And Alice?
2: I think that this is something that probably doesn't get spoken enough, um, spoken about enough, uh, often enough. Um, And so I really love this because I think that so often we work with businesses and we find people really holding us back in terms of ease of doing work with other people. And so I think that, covering something that allows your business to really grow because the other people around you are such professionals as well is really important.
0: Awesome. I actually just got off a call with one of our our peak performers around um, a number of things. But one of the things that came up with, they were feeling really let down by their accountant. They're going to end up with a heavy tax bill. um, And there was no heads up play from the accountant. It was just, oh well, here's your bill. It sucks to be you. Um and for me, like like that's the a in essence, like what we're trying to address here. And when you start a business, you're not thinking about that discussion when you select your accountant. You're like, oh, I, I need an accountant. Okay, I'll just find one. You're not being overly critical when you start your business around finding that right person, but it's so vital that you do. And if you don't have them right now, it's so vital that you start cultivating your team that's around you, of these support players so that they are the best in the field. so that they are actively working to push you forward, to push your business forward. because if they do good at their job, it makes it easier for you to do good at your job. Yeah. All right,' let's, uh, let's dive into one of the one of the headlines here. Um, a good wholesaler. a good oh, wholesaler a oh, good wholesaler. Oh, I just flash back here,
1: right? When I first started my business, we were using uh, this wholesaler, right? Just because it was local to me and it was sort of family run and family operated. Uh, there's nothing nothing wrong with that. Just this particular wholesaler, this I'm going back, this must be 2007. I think the industry's changed a lot. The wholesalers have become much more professional both on the phone and off the phone. But there used to be, um, I remember saying to heaps of our clients, hey, go into here, go into here. They'll help you out, they'll help you out. And I had... Uh, this is gonna be twofold, and then I'm gonna bring it home. So go, just go with me here. I, I had clients go in there and um, and go, "Whoa, they were so rude to me. These people were so cold. They were so rude, and they said this and that." Was a representation back on me. Like, Who are you dealing with in this situation? And I was, I remember being kind of offended because I'm like, "I've recommended you. You need to, you know, yeah, put your you best show you, you know, yeah. do what you got to do." But we had. So that issue that they were being really rude, just the people that I would send in there to, you know, like I was a electrician at times to say, pick your ceiling fan, pick your light fitting, pick your PowerPoint series, pick your whatever. Hey, go here and just have a look around. And they were just being super rude. But on another aspect, so that was one aspect. The other one was that clients were work walk- walking off the street and they were able to achieve similar prices to what tradesmen were getting the stuff for. Yeah. So and this was nuts because. They were able to walk in there, and I don't know. At that time, I would have been, you know, one or two-person operator. We're spending, you know, five to ten grand a month at the wholesaler, but someone buying five hundred bucks worth of stuff once every seasonal moon was now able to achieve the same prices as us. Price point. and yeah. that was. Crazy because it's like we've got to on cost this stuff for a profit as you need to to cover your admin and your downtime and your lack of billable hours as a business owner and your quoting, all that
0: kind of stuff. That's where the materials markup goes to, but client- as well as like just like non usable stock, you can't use every meter on a cable roll, yeah. Like, so yeah. if you're charging that out per meter to the client, then how are you gonna what happens to the last seven meters? You can't sell that to anyone, you can yeah. just the damaged stuff in the in the van happens right it'll happen
1: to the best of your staff and the best of the operators too so that was kind of twofold and then what happened from here with the wholesalers is as they do they sort of split and I got a phone call from someone saying hey we just started this one and I knew him he was a great operator and he was like Craig would you come across with us I'm like absolutely because i've been let down a couple of times from these other people they've been rude they're uh, they're on costing stuff at, at our prices i don't think that's right i don't think that's fair on the industry as a whole so i jumped over and i was just shocked at the, at the oh. difference a good operator sort of uh the good operator just made such a difference to us they were answering their phone they were professional when we sent people in they were honest they were upfront clients come in and they were getting retail prices not trade prices that's how it should be. We had such a good relationship with a wholesaler. We were using their bins for everything, right? (laughs) I'm just dumping shit in their bins day in, day out. It was pretty wild. But like on that, the relationship needs to go both ways. So the wholesaler bill would come to us on January 1 and I would pay it on January 1. You know, the wholesaler bill for January comes in Feb 1. I'm paying that on Feb 1 or Feb 2. And because of that, the rights we were afforded it was incredible. We'd use their bins. Uh, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't charge us for using our Amex. They were coming in Saturday nights and Sunday mornings to help us out. They were going over and above in the mornings and the afternoons for drop-offs. They were making uh, you know, a lot of wholesalers drop off and in the morning and afternoon only. But these people were coming out whenever because we were spending, you know, 50, 60, 70 grand a month. They were respecting that. I was respecting their payment terms and just paying it on the spot. And a good wholesaler transformed my business 100%. And I, we're kind of getting to this point where we fell upon some sort of hard times and misquoted. Oh, like when I say we, I, I misquoted <laughs> two large projects. I was out pretty significantly out embarrassingly out because i was too busy and too stressed and and too overcooked to slow down to make a good quoting decision to get some prices and all that kind of stuff and that's a story for another day but we fell upon some hard times financially you know several years ago now and i needed to use them as a credit card basically i was like guys i'm out of my feet i need to keep buying stuff so i can Sell it and keep working. Bring some money. Um, yeah. Bring some money in. I, I'm being honest and upfront with you here. Like, I'm going to pay. You've seen the history. Um, I'm good for it and I'm here, but I need some help. And they helped us out so much. It was absolutely incredible looking back at the help and support and assistance that they provided for probably like a four month period of time when we got back on top of it. And uh, that got us out of, we traded out of a real average time because of their help, but because of our relationship. Yeah. And just, just another thing, this is crazy. I'm so passionate about the wholesaler thing. Another thing we had, uh, we ran this cable, I think it was like 2012 or 13. We ran this cable back when camera cable was... RJ 59 and figure eight together, like the combo cable. Now it's just sort of cat six, but we ran this cable. For those of you outside the industry, it was an obsolete cable. We ran it and then, um, and it was faulty. So we put in, I think it was six drums of 500 meters, almost 3000 meters of cable. And half the cameras didn't work due to this fault in a couple of drums of those cables. And I was stuck looking at this labor bill going, I'm going to have to replace this. It's like, it wasn't my fault. It wasn't the client's fault. It wasn't necessarily the wholesaler's fault. It was the person who supplied the wholesaler, the cables fault. And I was staring down the barrel of um, 15 grand to basically to fix, redo it, the get label, it back. fix it yeah. and get the cameras actually working again. And I spoke to the wholesaler and they were like, yeah, sweet. We'll help you out. They gave us a 15 grand credit to the wholesaler bill. And that was their, their chip in. And from there, so that was 2012, 2013. From there, I didn't use anyone else. As if you're in the industry, you will know people contact you all the time. Hey, uh, can you come shop with us? Hey, we, wanted, we want your business. We want this sort of that. And I would just share with them the story. I'm like, you know what? 10 years ago, this happened and they've got my loyalty forever now. Absolutely yeah. forever. Still to this day, I don't not in industry, but like, I'd say those guys and girls became my friends. And that was, that was cool. They got us out of hard times. They helped us in the good times. And uh, it was, I'd do it all again. So yeah, I'm super passionate about getting that good wholesaler behind you. That was a big rant. Was that like a minute oh, no. rant? That was good,
0: yeah. but all yeah. of it was good. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, I know, Alice, you've got a unique perspective because you've been on both sides of the equation, haven't you? different roles. So um, yeah, what would your view be on uh, the importance of aligning yourself with the right wholesaler?
2: Yeah, I really think that the amount of time that people spend dealing with their wholesalers, of course, is huge. The amount of money that they spend um, every single month is huge. And there are lots of um, wholesalers and any kind of suppliers, really. There's lots out there that are going to be able to offer really competitive prices um, and have a pretty good service. And that's a given, but the amount of time and money that you're spending um, and like long term with them, really should give you some sort of um, allowance to be able to receive not just a good service, but an excellent service. Um, it's the little things like what croe has said, that built up relationship that goes on over time. It's all of the little additional things that they do to support you and helping your business um, that really count for things. And I think that that's the difference. And that's the thing that people maybe don't realize that they're I guess, entitled to by, you know, um, by handing over so much money every single month to a wholesaler or yeah to any sort of supplier. Um, Yeah, I've been on the other side where I've um, been on the supplying end. And I would say to my clients, if anything ever goes wrong, if you're ever unsure about something, if there's a logistic problem, which has nothing to do with our company, um, but someone else down the track call me straight away and I'll do the legwork. Like, I'll figure it out for you. And that's the sort of service that people, I, I think that all of you listening to this who do engage with a wholesaler, I think that you're entitled to that because that's what you're paying for. Um, so searching around for someone who you can build that trust with and you know that if something is uncertain or something goes wrong, like, Crow, that was a huge error, which rather than someone playing the blame game and pointing fingers people it, it didn't even sound like it was entirely on them but they took that fault and then they dealt with it from there because it had nothing to do with your team and your error. and that's the sort of thing that people should be entitled to by um, by finding a really excellent wholesaler
1: yeah yeah I think you summed it up for Alice you said so you know you're looking at a long-term situation. I think all our client stuff has to be long-term and make no mistake, the wholesaler just on cost materials. They bring materials through a profit. That's what they do. But that's what we do as businesses as well. We bring materials and labor through at a cost, put a margin on it and make some money. So we're almost a wholesaler. So you've got to think about how, how well you treat your clients. And I think you, exactly what you said, also, you should be afforded that same luxury from your mm-hmm. wholesalers. They should be appreciative of your business. So think about this the 15 grand that got my loyalty, right? We were moving roughly, you know, probably six to $800,000 to the wholesaler, like one wholesaler a year. And you think if they're operating in a 25% profit margin, that is, what's that? Like 120 to 180 grand, depending on what margin they've got a year that they're making from, or hopefully making from my business. Maybe it's not exactly those true figures, maybe less, but you can see over a 10 year period, that 15 grand gets ironed out in the wash. And the good operators know and understand this. And the good businesses know and understand this too. What is the client worth? Not like you're in a problem when when the client's worth something to you, you go into problem solving mode. How can I fix this? How can we jump on the same team? How can we work together in getting through this? Because the client's worth something to
0: you. So yeah, really. I want to put it um, just to round that out as well. So well put guys, but there is a, there's a responsibility on you as well to be a good, to be a good client of that wholesaler. Um, I see a lot of guys investing from my perspective, whether it be right or not is another question, but from my perspective, investing way too much time shopping wholesalers around, mm-hmm. battling for a dollar here, a dollar there. And the time, you look at the amount of time and effort you do you, that you make on that dollar versus how, much, how long it takes you to handle and manage that process. And you're playing everyone off for a dollar here and a dollar there to get the most competitive price on every single item that you're going to buy for a particular job. You redirect that effort and energy into your client. It's going to be well, way more valuable than the dollar or two you're going to save on an item over the course of that. Yeah. So I think sometimes people misplace their, their time and effort into hunting for the best price. A good wholesaler will look after you with price. But that comes through trust. That comes through you being consistent and you being a valued customer of theirs. And you don't get that by, by chopping and changing. And I guess Crowy's example, we've had a f- number of examples very similar to that. If you haven't been bailed out by a wholesaler yet, you will. You will need to at some stage. And just think if you're playing four or five wholesalers off against each other for the cheapest price, which one of those is coming to save the day? Yeah. So as much as you need to find the right wholesaler, they're out there. Yeah, you need to find the right wholesaler, but you also you also have a responsibility to be the right client in that space as well. Such a huge
1: point that one, and I think loyalty is so underrated and undervalued. And we had people, you know, you're doing weekend work. I knew the weekend work and we were pretty much solely loyal to that wholesale besides, you know, you working out of area, need to get something from somewhere else. Besides those once or twice things, um, we basically, you know, doing weekend work and forgetting something, which if you're on like a large weekend job, that's also going to happen Saturday night, Sunday, Friday night, Wednesday night, whatever, you you know, you name it, I've done it. Um, But you need the, the, confidence to go, okay, if we've lost, if we needed something at 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning or nine o'clock on a Tuesday night, wholesalers come and help us. And going to meet us there with the keys.
0: And I don't know if you can put a price on that. Nah. Yeah. But is a wholesaler going to do that to someone who's chopping and changing and playing them off for a dollar on conduit or something like that? Like they're not going to be inclined to, to act in that way for that type of client. So make sure yeah, you're being the best people, possible client. Yeah, too many people get
1: caught up on particular items as well. Or oh, this person can get this for me for this. And a lot of times, as you know, when people first get someone's business, they go in cheap sometimes. You know, businesses and wholesalers. Like, oh, if you come across me, I can get you these large items at this. And you just know it's not going to stay forever. It's just their ploy to get you in this system. Right. And then if you look at it holistic across the board, yeah, our wholesale might have been more expensive on this and, and cheaper on that. But across the all the items, it was balancing out to a very normal thing, you know. Yeah. So, you know, don't get too picky on the don't get too nitpicky. Think about how it feels in your business when people shot you around. It feels pretty average. Hey, when someone sends you a quote around, or oh, this person's going to do this, do you think you can match it? Oh, okay. This person, it's not a great long-term look, it definitely makes you second guess that client. Are they an ideal client? I'm going to say possibly not. We're not saying never to shop around, but if you're playing everyone off for a dollar here and a dollar there, maybe pick and
0: choose your battles very wisely. Love it. All right. Let's move into accountants. Accountants are a a mystery because most of us, especially in the trades businesses, yeah. um, Accounting doesn't come... Naturally, to many of us, yeah, it's the last thing we're any good at. Yeah, so we want to really look to team up with someone who understands our situation. Yeah, so my recommendation to you guys is, um, you know, accountants cover such a broad spectrum of clients. Yeah, and the needs and responsible uh, the, the needs that that trades businesses face are quite unique compared to that of other businesses or that of other individuals for that matter. So we need to make sure we're aligning ourselves with someone who understands our industry, understands the way in which we make money. Because a good accountant can provide you with ultimate clarity, can provide you with ultimate confidence and can advise you when the best time to reinvest back into your business and look for opportunities to scale up based on cash position yeah where where you sit financially yeah whereas um, so a less than optimal accountant will run the numbers they'll tell you where your positions at but they won't really do anything proactively to help you manage moving your business forward yeah um, it is one of those those curly ones yeah um, accountants would love you to believe that they've got the they want to see your business move forward but as your business grows and develops, they don't make any more money.
1: Yeah, I've, I've got a couple of theories on this. Oh, you finished? Oh, yes. no, no, yeah, yeah, go, yeah, go. I've go. got a strange habit of interrupting people at the moment. Trying to get over it. Uh, okay, so I've got a couple of share a couple of stories and a couple of opinions here. I remember our accountant we're using was. Pretty good on the phone and everything, but every time you were calling them, they were billing you. You know, they were billing for the minute, minute here, five minutes here, 10 minutes here, and kind of unknown a little bit as well. And then I remember having this year, and if you're in business, there's just a year where everything clicks. Usually for me, that was sort of the fourth and fifth year, but we're trying to see people through our academy have that in in year one. Because you should, and all the knowledge is there from here. It, it shouldn't take you five years to make some really good money. It should take you one year. You know, you should be hitting the ground running and that's what we help people with. But we had this sort of, we had a, a couple of okay years and this killer literally um, doubled our profit from the year before. And it was awesome. And then I was sitting with my mate and I said to my mate, um,
0: oh, yeah, Just counting be- your money? You and your mate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was sitting there my counting my money. money. I'm like, let's <laughs> make some money
1: angels. That sounds good? And he was like, yeah, let's do that. And anyway, I was sitting with him. And he goes, what are you trading out of? I said, we're trading out of a trust. And he said, why would you do that? A trust has to distribute. So if you're trading solely out of a trust, anything that comes in must go out. It's not like a company where you can park it at the 27% tax, right? I'm talking Oz here. uh, So bear with me, you overseas listeners, but go with me on the gist of it. And I was staring at the barrel, down the barrel of, yeah, trust, I can split money between myself and Elodie, my, my wife, but we were hammered. We got, but then you get to a capacity where yeah, we got like, like <laughs> I, it was like literally watching money sail down the gutter. That's what it was like, and it was just literally a poor accounting structure. And I remember that was the moment for me where, and I was blown up about my accountant. I was like, why didn't they tell me? They should have told me that. I can't believe it. But why did it take it, your mate to tell you that, not the accountant, tell you that? Well, my mate, Sammy, put me in the spot and I want to put everyone in the spot here. He was like, how come you don't know that? He said that to me. And he goes, you should know that. It's your one book away from knowing that. So I started, I read two accounting books and I've been pretty switched on ever since because so many people and go with me here for a sec, just take their accountant something once a year. And it's August when the year's finished. like, Oh, here's my tax. can you do it? And the accountant's context of you is last August or last six
0: and they're like, That's all they I, are.
1: I haven't seen you since. You've got to be proactive too. You can't just put everything on your account. You've got to go, hey, maybe a quarterly meeting. Hey, maybe a March or April tax planning before the end of financial year. That's really important, but it's really important for you to know how are you structured? How does the money go through? Where does the money park if it needs to park? Where does the money go when it needs to go? We need to really know all that stuff. But anyway, know that stuff brush up read a couple of books and that's what we help people with here but in-house accountants that help us with that stuff but i remember um getting to the end of a year and this accountant in question i feel had i felt had done us wrong like they hadn't advised us to change structure and we just absorbed this crazy brunt of tax and then their bill was the highest it's ever been because we did well and they charged us accordingly And I kind of just left because I'm like, I don't, I can't see any value in this anymore. You didn't provide me with what I needed. And yeah, you answered the phone all the time, but you didn't listen, you know, you didn't direct. So we went somewhere else. And that the guy we go to now is half, was half the price and twice as good, answers all the questions, sits there and plans with you, listens to everything that you're saying. Uh, proper guidance, proper direction. So the difference is chalk and cheese. And to have the confidence that your accountant, f- for me, knows me, knows Elodie, knows the kids. Uh, he knows where we're at, where we want to be, what we're doing, what we're going to do next, what we did a few years ago. That stuff is just the peace of mind you put on that. And that's probably something I'll be referring to a lot in this session. The peace of mind when associating yourself with good operators I don't think that's, you can put price on that. you know. So yeah, huge thing. Get the right person around you. But also like Kirk was saying originally in the wholesaler, question yourself. It's no good to blame everyone all the time. And maybe some of that blame is, is important. But like I said, if you're just taking everyone's stuff too late and you're just disorganized and you don't understand, maybe it's time to brush yourself up. Maybe it's time to dust the cobwebs off and and start to learn again never too old to learn stuff but I'd love to hear your guys experiences with accountants as well
2: I I really think that this is an area that I would say uh, too many people are left completely frustrated and completely confused by not receiving um, I guess the right information from their accountant to what they need in their business at the time and maybe where they're at in terms of I'll call it their accounting journey um, because some people do have a lot of really great knowledge and might have been in business for longer um, and accounting might just click a little bit easier but whereas other people we get people in the academy who have been in business for a long time and they don't know some uh, pretty major important things in terms of their books and they can't say locate some sort of if there's a fault or something's going on um, they actually don't know where to look or how to find it and if you don't have the sort of service from your accountant where they're able to support you yeah not just once during tax time they're able to talk you through things so that you can actually be a little bit more independent from them but also get the support when needed I think that that it can be really really problematic Um, there's a really big difference uh, that uh, this is something that I definitely found um, with having a bit of an average accountant at one point there's a big difference between speaking with someone say once or twice a year who might as well be a bookkeeper um, compared to someone who will help you uh, be more strategical in your business and yeah know when to reinvest um, why you're doing that and how to actually put the correct you know amount of assets in the right place um even things like your your business structure I can't believe how many people come into our incubator program and are completely confused and perplexed about what their structure is to begin with and why they should maybe move to a different structure or not like the pros and cons of each this is something that um it's a little bit disappointing how many accountants maybe don't go through this information with people so they don't feel supported um and Knowing, having all this knowledge of what's going on in your business financially and really understanding if you're profitable or not um, is probably, in my opinion, one of the most powerful things that you can have. If you don't know how your business is performing financially, it's a very, very Mm anxiety-inducing place to be. And it's risky. It's really risky.
0: It's so vital. Like, you look at the failure rate for small business. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everyone's seen the stats on that. It's quite high. Yeah, no small business fails and has an amazing set of books making stacks of cash. Yeah, every small business failure fundamentally comes back to finances and not being able to understand, you know, your your costings, not understanding your tax component, not understanding where your bills are coming from. Yeah, people reading a bank balance, making decisions off what's in the bank. It's just, um, you look at the businesses that fail in the first three years. They all fundamentally are flawed in the financial financial space. So finding the right person early that can that has your back, that understands you, that understands where you're going. And like Alice said, they like multiple meetings a year. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to cost you more. But the money that you spend in that space will help you immensely with the confidence that the work that you're putting into your business is actually working. Yeah, not putting a whole financial year together and getting there at the end and they're going, what? Where's all the money? Yeah, not having any idea, working your butt off for 12 months and then going, what? Well, that was rubbish. Yeah, it's really deflating.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, it's huge, isn't it? Getting good people in your corner. And I think a lot of people, we sit with a lot of people and they use accountants as bookkeepers. And I think you've got to, you've got to see the two as mutually exclusive. An accountant is going to be a really expensive bookkeeper, more than likely. They're going to be... Ex- the hourly rate's probably going to be double. And some people are spending huge money at the accountant when they could just like, literally get a bookkeeper to and take their stuff. The and yeah. yeah, tidy everything up, get everything sorted, get everything organized, and take their stuff to the accountant in in for a couple of sessions a year. And then you're absolutely flying high. Another thing you see all the time
0: is chief. Just complain, on that. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Can I just add to that? I like to look at it like the bookkeeper looks after the data. That's the data entry. And the the accountant is the analyst. They look at what the data is and actually guide you in the right way. Yeah, if the data's wrong, the analyst can't make the right calls. Yeah. Or the if the analyst has to go in there and correct the data, then yeah. So if you're missing one of those components, it makes it terribly hard for either side.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: And another thing people love to do is blame their
1: accountants when they owe a lot of tax. They're like, oh, I didn't tell me that. I it's like, well, hang on. You're the one that transferred all that money from the business account to your personal account. You're the one that transferred all that money to your credit card. You're the one that bought the house and didn't recognize uh, that the money hadn't been taxed yet. So what lines this stuff out is, is putting yourself on a wage for your business. And a wage comes in all the time. A certain dividend or or a shareholders distribution comes through at a certain time, and it's the same all the time. And, and if you understand how how tax works, you can put it away now because anything that's come to you, uh, the business has put away the portion of tax, and it's gone out in your BAS statements or in in the end of financial year stuff. All good, it's put aside. So really, think there's yeah an element for us to get good people on our side. But there's also an element that that um you know pay peanuts get monkeys you know that's that's what's going to happen if, if you are scared to pay for good service you are going to miss money you know it's the amount of people we see coming through our coaching system and oh, i was sus you know incubator they, they you pay your 3,500 bucks and you, you usually make it back within the month you know that, that's the worst case scenario you know you ch- start charging correctly you pick up that new client you do whatever and it's like, oh, you've got. sometimes you've got to spend money to get the advice that makes you the money and not neglecting that and not mishandling that and not misunderstanding that that's the reality. And that's the kind of service we want to provide as business owners. When you say, no, if you pay more with me, you will save more money in the long run because I'm a better operator. I'm more experienced. I've got more knowledge. I've seen this before. If we do that, this is going to happen. Let's do this. So I just think... That's the kind of people we want to be. So that's the kind of people we've got to align ourselves with. Knowledgeable, smart people. And they're not going to be the most cost-effective.
0: And that's yeah. okay. You know, yeah, know, that's, that's normal. <clears throat> All right. Uh, what about sales reps, guys? What's your experience with sales reps before?
2: Well, I was a sales rep for many years.
0: <laughs> what, what did we do, Alice, in that
1: mastermind session? We said, we said to everyone, "What's your experience of sales reps and salesmen and saleswomen?" And everyone's like, "Slimy, slime ball, douchebag," <laughs> you know, "massive tool," all this kind of stuff. Just literally, I think "slime" and "slime ball" was that was the most common thing coming through the chat. But the chat went absolutely bananas over this preconception that every salesman is that real estate agent from the Simpsons. You know? <laughs> yeah, just got your worst interest at heart and absolutely going to go to town on you if and when they see the opportunity. So yeah. Mm, yeah. And Alice, as, a, as a sales rep, I mean, how slimy were you?
2: I was the, slimy, <laughs> yeah. the slimiest they get. Nah, <laughs> um, listen, I, I say this to everyone. Um, you need to get the most out of your sales reps because... Anyone can provide you with um, a product or a service that is pretty comparable to the next person. Um, There's lots of really great, uh, you know, software, we'll say, yeah, software programs out there. There's lots of different options that you can get. um, But the difference between uh, why you should go with one certain company compared to the other is a sales rep can make a really big difference there because they're meant to be the person who provides you not only with the sale and with the product or service but they carry you through like with the whole like you've got that ongoing relationship um so that when things get a little bit confusing when they get difficult when you're not sure what decision to make whatever it might be their expertise and their knowledge in that area is what is meant to help you be able to lead your business in a better direction and if you're not getting that service from them you're either not asking for um the service and you're not you don't realize that you're able to get that sort of extra um, work from them or maybe they're not the best sales rep for you. Like they're not providing the better service compared to someone else. And it probably is time to think about using a different provider.
1: Yeah. I'm just slashing back to, uh, you know, when you're moving a lot of money through the wholesaler. usually the sales rep of the companies will be calling you directly in and around like, Oh, you know, we tried this? Can you use this? Can you do this? Can you change to us? All this kind of stuff. And I remember this one guy being, you know, when they just train salesmen and he was using my name and his inflections were right, but something was just a little bit off, you know, but it was like, hey, Crowley, how you doing, Crowley? And everything was was kind of something Almost there, awesome but not there. quite right. And like, oh, okay. Yeah, I don't like to operate like that, but I understand. Anyway, I ended up just, I like to talk to people. Ended up talking to him a lot. And when it came to build our house at the time, I was like, oh, can you get us a deal on this? It was like, absolutely. And all the legwork I just put in talking to this guy resulted in, I think it was maybe a three or four grand saving across not even that large a portion of materials because I was friends with him and he could move some stuff to us at a discounted rate. And I think you just got to just gotta try and work out with a sales rep. Yeah, work out who's on your team and who's not. But generally speaking, if they're working for a company that you're moving their products, just recognize they're on your team. These people are there to help. And we end up talking to, I got a quote on a switchboard one day and it was, I think it was 28 grand or something around that mark. And I remember just talking to this guy who was calling me all the time. And I was talking to this, he was from a certain brand that was kind of just getting into switchboard manufacturing. And I talked to him, and I was just told him the story. He's like, "Oh, can I have a shot at quoting?" I'm like, "Yeah, absolutely." And he came in at twenty. But if I didn't talk to him, I wouldn't have known what they offered. And then we just saved eight grand. I mean, how do you make eight grand? Sometimes it's hard to make eight grand, but it's not that hard to save eight grand or five grand Mm -hmm. or insert your number there. And just on the warranty stuff too, with the sales reps, if you're moving stuff, this is where loyalty comes into it. If you're moving similar products all the time when the shit hits the fan, they're going to back you up because yeah. you're like, oh, hey, I've had this issue. And knowing people on a personal level, you can – it's really hard to get answers out of emailing tech support or emailing an admin person with your issues. But when you're calling Brent or Steve or Susie or whatever and they're on your side, that's, that's when the magic happens. You know, that, that's it's through the relationships that your business – will grow and it's those relationships that will keep it together when stuff goes wrong and keep it together for, for the good and benefit of your business.
0: Yeah, I remember like some of the experience with our sales reps in the past have been absolutely outstanding. Um, one of the things that springs to mind is the sales rep is, is your gateway to innovation. They have all the new products. Who knows about the new product before you do? The person who's got to sell it. Yeah, so if you want to be ahead of the curve, if you want to be the guys providing the newest products, if you want to know what's coming up in the market, if you want to be that person to your clients, you need to have your finger on the pulse and your access to that is through your rep. <clears throat> Excuse me. But the way we utilized it was uh, once a month, we actually got one of the sales reps out to our team meeting. And I got the sales rep, to teach our guys about their products. Yeah, it was super beneficial for the sales rep because he knows that our guys are the ones that are out there talking to clients. So if they can't tell the client what the product does, what good is it? How good are they gonna be at selling it? Yeah, but it's no good me telling it because it's secondhand. So I got the guy who knows the most about the product into our team meeting and run them through all the features, how to install it, give them a lot of confidence in the product so that when they go out there, they're like, yeah, I know this product inside and out. I know how to install it. I know all the features. I know how this all works. I think this is a really great product for you. It's well suited to your needs. And so we upskill the entire team and sales reps super giving of their time there because they know it's going to have impact at the coalface. But also what we're doing is we're upskilling our team. We're giving confidence to our team. We're not just like, they don't have to listen to me on repeat. Tell them, oh, this is this is a particular product. that's new on the market. What do you guys think? Let's try it out. You know, we get someone in who knows the most about that, and delivers that to our team and gives them real confidence out there in installing something new. How funny is it when they pull up the site and it seems
1: like they're always in the station wagon? open the booth and it's all like yeah. hush hush and they pull out this drawer and like, oh here you go here and they're just giving you stuff <laughs> you know, briefcase like, it's yeah. legal is it what's yeah. in this briefcase i have no idea do i pay for this or not i am genuinely unsure and also sales reps on your side we literally we're currently doing a renovation and we need lights contacted the sales team they're like yeah we'll send uh jade lovely girl jade came out to our house lighting designer designed the house and just sent us the products she recommended. They get paid from the, you know, from moving the product. And it was amazing. So you got to use these people for like so many companies come and design things. They come and design that for you, design that, or look at this, or come up with better ways to do things. If you just would engage, you will find a whole world of helpful people whose literal job is just to make your life easier. That's, that's their a job description. So yeah. that's but a when value you see impact them as annoying, yes, exactly. Exactly. But when we see them as annoying salesmen, they can be really frustrated. But we see them as okay, let's try and filter out what are they trying to say? What are they trying to sell me and is it worth it? You know, can yeah. I can I get something out of this or not? You know, and if you can, let's go.
2: And you know, I think the sign of a good sales rep as well is someone that genuinely does have your best interests at heart. So if someone knows their products in and out and their knowledge is absolutely superior and that's what they should have, um, if they're pushing a product onto you that maybe isn't right, that's it's not really where a lot of really, really good sales reps sit. Because if their product and service is excellent, they're going to be able to provide you with an, an alternate. Um, option in different circumstances but if they really don't think that say the newest product is going to work for your team for whatever reasons they should communicate that to you because you've already got this ongoing great relationship and they can they know that they're getting your business from other products and services that they're providing so that pushy sort of sleazy sales uh sales rep sort of side shouldn't really come across if they're a really great rep
1: Yeah, and also on that, and Alice is flashing back to our session uh, on this, it was when we're talking about salesmen and saleswomen and salespeople, I guess you would say, and then everyone's like, slimy slimeball, slime, 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 slime. (laughs) And then we said, but, you know, all as a business owner, you're a salesman or a saleswoman or a salesperson because you move stuff through. And you no doubt, if you're listening to this podcast, you would do it ethically. Because you're trying to get better at it. You're trying to get more transparent with it. You're trying to come up with a pricing structure that will release your business into the future. You're trying, you're trying, you're trying. So there's a lot of good people out there selling products yeah. and you're one of them. So <laughs> get, get used to being in and around salespeople and getting better at sales. Something you've got to get better at, something we've got to see with less contempt and see with more, um, you know, more like a
0: trying to help everyone's trying to help good stuff yeah can be a massive asset to your business um finally guys just to to round this round the topic out let's speak around mentors how important is a mentor to your business
1: Yeah. yeah crazy hey you go alice
2: there is always going to be someone who knows more and has experienced more than you. And I think that being able to speak, uh, speak things out when you're going through, say, difficult times, everyone knows that feeling of having like decision fatigue in business. I think that's really exhausting and draining. So having someone who has been through it or has been through a similar experience and you really, really trust because they've been there, uh, that is it's absolutely priceless having someone to guide you and just bounce ideas off. I think that everyone should have a mentor at every stage of their career and of their business. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. That shining light, you know, mentor. I mean the amount of my old boss to me, absolutely fantastic. When I first started out, he would answer all my questions, answer the phone, listen, listen, And, you know, graciously listen, but offer advice as well. And I think as a coaching company, we all sit in that mentoring role. Like we've seen a lot, not to say we've seen everything, but we've seen maybe a lot of everything. And to offer that, some people come through and I'm like, oh, no, maybe try that oh, I've seen that before, do this. Oh, yeah, I can see what's going to happen if you continue down that path. I think we need to shift gears. Okay, we need to do this now. Okay, I know you think it's time to turn around, but you're halfway through the tunnel. We've got to push forward. That that wisdom uh, of someone that's been ahead of you, that's been before you, that's done that, it's not necessarily even an age thing because you can get some very smart people that have done a lot more than you and they could be half your age. Not that, it's just about someone that can offer that wise, calm advice, that reassuring word that, I mean, look at, it's professional, yeah, in a business sense, but personally as well, like who do you look up to as a dad, as a mom, as a relationship, as a parent? Like you need a mentor across all aspects of your life and you need something to aspire to. Hey, I would like to be like that. I want to be where they are. How did you get here? How did you get so calm under pressure? How did you navigate that season of business? How did you work through that time when your child didn't sleep? How did you get through this point in your marriage? How did you push into that like we need that as humans to that guidance? And 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 it's crazy when you talk to someone how much you can think you're the only person in the whole world that's going through something and you say it and they're like oh yeah yeah yeah, i've been through that (laughs) yeah Yeah, i've seen that before and you're oh so i'm not crazy just talking about things makes you feel not crazy we see it so many times in the academy people get scared to open their books people get scared to let you into their company people get scared to let and it's like no no you need us in here because we're going to guide you and shine a light in the dark and, and, and push you forward and push you outside your comfort zone and push you towards your dream of having that business that can get that money, get that time, get that freedom that you started it for. That's what we're here for. But we need to be in first to help you. You know, there's so many people are like, oh, you're not going to like this. You've like, seen that before. Oh, you're not going to expect. seen that before. Oh, you're not. We've seen it before. There's nothing new under the sun. If you think you've created a new problem in the world or created a new problem in business, you would be very naive and very short-minded. There's nothing new under the sun. So you need that mentorship, that guidance and even that humility to, to go, yeah, okay. I don't know everything about parenting. I am unsure what to do in this season. I don't know how to handle this. And I just think a mentor or mentors is such an important
0: aspect of your life. I think, um, as a business owner, it should be a non-negotiable. Like, yeah. and the the reason for that is because being a business owner is both both a blessing and a curse. Yeah, you there is no boss, there is no one holding you accountable to performance, there is no one holding you accountable to what you produce day in day out, and that's a great freedom to live with yeah but it also takes incredible discipline to be able to execute at your best all the time and sometimes we need someone not to be the boss and say hey that's not good enough but just to really check in and go hey are we sure that's the best effort that we could apply in that space are you super are you stoked are you happy with the effort you put into that particular section or sector of your business this month Yeah, those little, those probing questions there that a mentor can really provide can recalibrate energy, effort, and focus. And without it, yeah, you could start your business with great discipline and enthusiasm and accountability to getting results. But it's very hard without that, without that sounding board to maintain that consistently long-term. And it is that consistent long-term appetite for the challenge and embracing the challenge and going above and beyond that drives your business forward. So if there's someone there, if there isn't someone there looking over your shoulder going, well, even yourself, yeah. If you're not self-reflecting and going, Hey, were you happy with that? I Crow, you got a great one. Would you pay yourself? That's a great question, isn't it? It's so good. Yeah. Would you pay yourself for the effort you produced this week? Yeah. And most weeks you probably would but I can guarantee you there'd be a few in there where you'd be like, man, if I had an employee that turned up and produced what I produced this week, I'd be ropeable.
1: If I had an employee that stared at a laptop blankly for six hours today, I'd be (laughs) like, all right, there's the door. No, you'd be genuinely concerned.
0: You'd be frustrated. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta look at yourself as a piece within the business. You are not the business. You're a piece within the business. And, um, the business has to be critical of what you're producing yeah, and the way in which you can get some real help with that without losing the freedom that comes with being a business owner is to surround yourself with a good mentor team, a good set of people that understand the challenges that you're going through, that understand the, the little holes that you can slip into and you can sometimes lose yourself for a little bit. We And you know, I guess where Crowley was going on this, we've sort of seen a few of those holes we've seen a lot of those holes in the past in ourselves yeah in other people that we've helped through so we sort of, could sort of give you a bit of a heads up when we see one of those holes coming up or that we think maybe you're in one of those holes we can help you get out and get on track and, and help you get back to the place that you want to be yeah because no one starts a business when it says oh yeah I'd like to rock up and put you know 20% effort in every day Yes. Or
1: I'd, I'd like to rock up and put you know 13 hours a day in and not see my wife and not see my kids and have no external relationships and um, okay. you know be be a shadow of my former self. That sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> where, where do sign I sign up? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's so it's so interesting, isn't it? That um, that guidance, the, the amount of people that that mistake uh, stopping for opportunity as well. as certain ceilings you hit. In business where you can look at it and go, okay, you know, no, um, this is not the time for that. This is the time for this, or hey, no, this is the time for that. And it's amazing how people get stuck at certain ceilings. And there's probably, there's probably six major ceilings before you hit 10 people. And you can, if you mistake what it is, you'll make the wrong decision. You know, hiring operations manager is, is huge. If you mistake that you need operations manager, then you will run yourself into the ground and think, oh, it was easier when I had five staff. Oh, it was so much easier. I was under so much less pressure and stress. And it's like, no, no, you didn't grow when you needed to grow. You know, it's like trying to fit, if you picture it like a growing business in an office sense, when you have 50 staff, you will need a larger office than if you had 10 staff, you know, if you had admin staff like that. So as you grow, decisions need to go, now now's the time to get that new office. Now is the time to put that additional trades and now it's time I need an apprentice because no one's coming through. And I know I need someone in a couple of years and now's the time for this. And now's the time for that. Like we need to recognize that we don't, you know, we, we hit the ceilings don't mistake what it is. Let's I guess like what, cool what makes
0: those decisions easier is the sounding board that a mentor provides. Yes. Yeah? So it's like, Hey, this is uh, where I'm at. And um, what do you I could go this way, I could go this way, I could go this way. What do you think, what would you do if you were in my position? Yeah, It might be something that you would ask your mentor. And your mentor, you know, hopefully you've found someone who understands you, where you're at and uh, what you're trying to achieve. And they might have a, a bit more experience. They might be a little bit further down the line. And they can look at that and go, actually, that looks a hell of a lot like a scenario that I faced. And I chose this direction and it worked well for me. But when I chose this direction, I also did this and this that made it work. So maybe you need to look at, yeah, if you go that way, great. I think you'll have a great result. But you also need to incorporate um, B and C into the equation because that really helped me navigate that that difficult space at the start.
2: (laughs) I think that um, the level of sort of emotion that can go into business so often, it's really easy to be really clouded when it comes to our judgments and stuff like that. So a mentor can just, I guess, ch- not only challenge us and push us a little bit and ho- hold us accountable, but there's also that sort of space where they can help us through a time where maybe we just don't know the best option because we're in too deep emotionally yeah, they have that sort of removal from the business, of course, not being an owner and having their expertise, but also that emotional removal, I think, can be really, really valuable.
0: Yeah, nurturing. Yeah, nurturing such a valuable, valuable um, piece that a mentor brings Yeah, because uh, business isn't easy. Yeah, and the, the, a good mentor will be able to help you through those tough spaces as well.
1: It's, you know, it's not easy, but it's very doable
0: with the right advice and the right guidance. And yeah. um, and super worth it. Yeah. If you're oh, going to do so something that's it. hard, business is a good place to put it. Yeah. Uh, Cause it's definitely worth it. A hundred percent. All right. Thanks for joining us guys. You've been amazing sharing your insights around crafting an entourage and surrounding yourself with good operators. Thanks for listening listeners. We'll catch you all next time on the Tradey success podcast. Okay. So if you're loving the podcast, please share with your friends, anyone that's thinking about starting a tradie business or got a large tradie business. We help everyone from startup all the way up to million dollar plus months. We'd love to help you too. And lastly, it would mean a lot if you could leave a review on the player that you're listening to this on. It helps us get it out there and help more tradies in business perform better and create better lives for themselves.